Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkoporte, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Tell somebody, get restless. Because it's dominion time. Get restless. Because it's dominion time. One more time. Get restless. Because it's time to break the yokes. It's time to go free. Tell somebody it's jubilee time. It's my jubilee time. It's my time to walk free. It's time of my favor. I walk in favor. Miracles are mine. I see the goodness of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Would you please just be in uh, Genesis chapter 27 verse 10. Today we want to go on a journey. And because of lack of time, I just trust God that he himself will cause his word to become clear to you. May your ears be anointed. May your heart be lightened up by the Holy Spirit. So that in hearing, may you hear indeed. And may your understanding be so quickened that you will see a picture of what the Lord wants to do in your life even before you get there. Genesis chapter 27 the verse number 40. I hope you are there somebody. It's a very important piece of scripture. I just want to tell you that uh, This scripture was said to a man who was set to receive something. And somebody played him while you and got it. And it just didn't happen that the person got the thing from him. But it came to pass that in getting the thing from him, he was made a servant to that person. You will live by your soul. Okay, either way. And by thy soul shalt thou live, and shall serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. You know, sometimes the King James is not so very clear. Because sometimes King James tries to tell you the end of it, and he doesn't declare the process. But you see, a man who has dominion cannot be a servant to anybody. Am I right about that? Huh. Good. So when you read the Amplified, for example, the Amplified will tell you that it will come to pass when you get restless. Meaning that when you get to the place where you are no more satisfied, just being second choice, playing second fiddle, being subservient to the whims and the caprices of other people, When another person will determine when you will wake up and when you will sleep. 
When somebody else other than yourself will determine when you will serve God and when you cannot serve God. Yeah, if you are back in Amazon, don't come. And you have no choice. You have to go. When it gets to the place where you are no more satisfied with living your life according to the desires of fully human beings like yourself, there will be a stirring in your spirit. Somehow or the other, something in the inside will begin to press you. You will become like a woman who is eight months, three weeks pregnant. One more week to go. And you know, I've never been pregnant before. But at least I've had the opportunity to live through three pregnancies. So I know. When they get to a certain place, when you lie down this way, you are not comfortable. When you lie down this way, you are not comfortable. When you lie down on your back, they are kicking you. And as for the forward, you can't lie there at all. So you get to the place where you are actually restless and you know this thing has to come out somehow. And when you get to the place where the thing has got its set time and it's not coming out, you begin to look for other means. I think a couple of weeks ago, there was a lady that joined uh, Sister Nicole in the UK on our conference call. And her time, uh, the, her due time was long past. And she's like, I don't know what is going on. But those of you who were on the call, you remember we prayed for the person. Never met the person. Only heard a voice. But as the Lord led me, and one thing you and I should understand is, when people talk about the sovereignty of God, they talk as if God is a dictator. And everything that God wants to do, he has finished it already. So that when you were born and he decides you will go to hell, there's nothing anybody can do. That is not the God that I serve. He created us in his own image. And in as much as he's a God who gave us a will, he expects us to use that will to vote for him. So we spoke. And I didn't speak because I had a revelation from God. I spoke because I understood a little of the ways of God. That if a man can have confidence in God, he is allowed to make his boast in the law and to declare things and God will cause it to pass. So we prayed and made declarations. Guess what? It happened exactly so. Because I think we declared 24 hours. And according to the lady, the thing started somewhere around midnight. And so before the 24 hours, the baby was out. Now what I want to tell you is, if you are satisfied with where you are, you are likely to die where you are. If you are satisfied in the situation where you are, it's likely that for a thousand years, nothing will change. But if you get to the place where you can tell that this is not the perfect will of God for my life, and I have only one life, it shall be more unlabeled. For the swabai is a swabai. When it is over, it is over. There is no vidaholun, there is no repeat. So if I've got to have anything, I've got to have it and I've got to have it now. Now. 
When you get to the place, you are getting to the right place. Because you see, something on the inside begins to move you. Faith is not a function of the head. It is a function of the heart. So when you get to the place where you are beginning to submit to the leadership of your spirit, you are beginning to operate the way Adam supposed to operate before he fell. And you and I know that there was no exam Adam didn't pass. Because those times, no matter how tough the question is, the guy was best or better than the best professors. He could get any degree on the planet without having to go to school. You know why? Because his spirit can tap directly into the unlimited resources and the knowledge of God. May the word of knowledge begin to operate in your life. May you begin to know some things before they happen. So the Bible said, when you get to the place where you are now fed up with your situation, and you are like, God, either this thing changes now, or it's worth not living anymore. You have got to the place where you begin to lay hold upon the intangible. Listen, my dear friends, I'm trying to tell you a couple of things. That this world is not fair. Mm-hmm. Ever since Adam and his wife invited the devil into this world, the word fairness left men. So you never, never, never get a fair deal. Nobody gives you what is your due. If you have to get what is yours, you have to fight for it. If you have to, uh, 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 what do you call it? When you have to receive what is your fair share and you just sit down thinking it's going to come, sorry, it doesn't happen that way. It is written in the book of Esther, Esther 2, 22, that Mordecai is the one who heard that two of the king's chamberlains, they want to kill the king. Now, if you know the king at that time, nobody is allowed to go into his presence like that, not even his wife. But the chamberlains, that's why they are called chamberlains. They are the ones who are in the chamber, who attend to the chamber. That rule doesn't apply to them. So they can go into the king's presence at any time. They attend to his needs. That's why, of course, they castrate them. Sorry to, <laughs> but let me just explain it. These people are so trusted that they, they are the ones who, who bath the king's wives. So they have, excuse me, they have, uh, they have kaneaya. They have taken their things out. So their sole role in life is to serve the king. So when a person who has no other purpose in life, when he gets to the place where he gets angry with the king, look, he's not afraid of anything because he doesn't have anything to lose. So when people like that threaten to kill the king, trust me, they will. So when this man heard it, knowing the kind of people they are, he just knew if you don't alert the king, he's going to die. So he alerted and uh, Esther informed the king that this is what the guy who is sitting at the gate by this name Mordecai has heard. So the king said, okay, let the CIA do their work. They did their work. The evidence came out. Truly, they have said it. They themselves admitted it. So what was the next thing? 
judgment has to come. And then, to cap everything, they wrote it in the history books of the king. One would have thought that the next action the king would take is to honor or to reward the man who gave that information. Because listen, if I help you today, and you never took time to say thank you, and then when I will see you, it is two or three years later, and when you come, you are like, oh, pastor, do you remember me? Uh, 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 where, where, where? Can you please refresh my memory? Because you see, I meet a lot of people, so I probably can miss you up with somebody. And then the reply comes, well, you know, four years ago, I was a guy who was in that kind of difficulty, that kind of financial difficulty, you know, and uh, you helped me out. You know, you gave me something, you bailed me out. Then you say, oh, yeah, so you are that guy in, uh, in, in Essen, eh? Oh, I was. Well, it's good to see you. Then he says, well, uh, by the way, somewhere, I am in the same kind of situation, I need help again. Now, if you are the one called somewhere, are you going to so, so easily just get into your pockets and give that thing? So, you see, if a man hears something that saves your life and is not rewarded, what is the guarantee that the next time he hears, he will not keep his mouth shut? It is not very wise for any king to do that. But, however, when the enemy is playing with your breakthrough, when the enemy is messing with what is supposed to be yours, things like that happen. So it happened to him that the devil switched what is supposed to be his. Listen, my dear friends, sometimes even destinies can be switched. Sometimes somebody can see a child and it's your child and the boy is clever, he's bright. He can tell that he'll get far. And there are those who have the spiritual ability to pick that destiny that is on the child and switch it with some... I didn't say it. I didn't say it. With some kind of child that is going nowhere. And so before you realize, your child is going nowhere. They have switched it. They switched the destiny. This is what we are talking about today. That you see, if there is no divine intervention, it is not possible for that destiny to be re-switched or rewired or restored to the person from whom it is stolen. The Bible says what? Well, the only one that we know who steals is the devil. If any other human being you know steals anywhere, they are doing so because he is their mentor. But the devil is the thief. So you see, we are dealing with issues that are critical, but then there are times when, you see, our own mistakes can also provide a means whereby there is setback in our lives. The Bible said, when I would have blessed Israel, then the sin of Ephraim was discovered. So the time that God came wanting to bless the people, Ephraim was one of the people, and his sin was crying so loud, the blessing cannot be allowed to stay. 
So sometimes some mistakes also open doors. But today, in the name of Jesus, I announce and I declare that God has undertaken that the, 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 the what do you call it? the delay and the setback is going to be over. Amen. That the thing that is stolen from you is going to be restored. Amen. That he that took what is yours, not giving or restoring it back to you, shall restore. If there is anybody that borrowed money from you and they are refusing to pay although they have the money from today they won't sleep they won't sleep no amount of visits to the doctor will bring them their sleep and every time their eye is open they will see you and they will hear you saying so is that how you deal with my money? So is that how you deal with me in my kindness? So they are going to restore without faith. Now I want to pick for us somebody that we can learn a couple of things from. I could have gone a little bit on and on on this thing. But I pray that God, you see, because it may be that some of you need a breakthrough. But some of you don't. It may be. But let me say this. If you don't need a breakthrough, if everything is cool for you, know that you have an opportunity to support those who are in need. Because if you support those who are in need, the time will come when you are in need, those people will be there to support you. I mean to say, when you are praying, pray like you too. You are sitting on some thorns that is disturbing you. So that the atmosphere will shift for those that need a breakthrough and let them have the breakthrough and rejoice in their breakthrough because yours, when it comes in this season, it will be on fast track in the name of Jesus. Even if you get to the place where in your time of need, there is nobody to pray for you the way you have prayed for the people, your prayer would have stayed long in the heavens that it will have sufficient interest to gather strength, gather wings, be heavy, and that alone, God will use to sustain you. So, I'm trying to tell you that sometimes you can have people around you and you don't know the kind of people you have. Some of them may look or seem or sound or behave as if they are good people, but really, they are evil. I heard the story of a certain woman who is taking care of his sister's son, daughter, sorry, but you know what? When this young lady, by the providence that God has given to her, has met a certain guy, and the guy said, as for this woman, now this one will no be another one. It's only this one I want to marry. So eventually, they have to go to her people. She being an orphan, it is these people who are available they went to. And so eventually, when the time came, the man sent a plane to go and pick them. Now, when somebody sends a plane to pick people, you just know that this is the big one. So immediately, the woman sat in the plane with his daughter. Ideas began to come into her head. And listen, my dear friends. You and I should understand that your life will never rise above the level of your thoughts. 
Because of that, don't make your mind or don't allow your mind to become the playground of the devil. Because it will cost you. It will be very, very tired in the end. Because, you see, anything you receive that you didn't receive in the genuine way, you will not also have the power to keep. So the woman somehow developed some ideas. And when they went, just called the man aside and said, you know what? You really want to marry this girl? She's my daughter. You really want to marry her? Say, yes, that's the only person. Somehow, my heart tells me that this is the right person for me. Said, okay. If you want to marry her, then there's not much we can do. However, I just need to alert you and warn you. There's a curse on this girl. Anybody who marries this girl, you are going to die. You are not going to live very long because you see, this girl, as you are seeing her, she's spiritually married. So think about it. You just want to enjoy her for a moment and die. That's okay. So, so somehow, he said, in case you even you really want to live long, well, there's a younger sister of her. It's also my daughter. Yeah, that one you can also marry. So eventually, when they went back, no more. She's calling, no responding. Emails, no responding. SMS, no responding. WhatsApp, no responding. And one time when he called the house, The guy that is the master of his house said, you know what, young lady, uh, it, it pains my, my heart because when I saw you, I was pleased with you, but I still need to tell you the truth, please. This man has moved on. Forget about him and try to move on because he doesn't have interest in you anymore. Well, thank God for God because you see, when the enemy plans evil, and you have faith in God, God will so position you that you will have results. Yeah. You know, I have, I, have, I have a feeling that you see, much of what is bad news or much of what we, we, we read from the media and, and, and hear from the media, you know, bombshell, uh, what else, breaking news, most of those ones are not really news when you are Christian. The reason they are not news when you are Christian, because you see, anything that is news to a Christian is supposed to encourage him, strengthen him, and make him more effective. When was the last time you heard any of this bad news and it encouraged you, motivated you to do anything? It may be fact, but not truth. Are you listening to me? And so sometimes, I, I, I want to encourage people of God. Listen. If one pastor, excuse me, has gone after some people's wives, is this good reason to go around saying, don't be going to churches anymore, they are all cheats, they are all liars, they are stealing people's money, etc., etc.? Is it good reason to say that? Don't you know that when there are good uh, 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 seed or when there is wheat, the enemy will also plant some tares among them? Don't you know that? So when some tests are among it, why then does the Bible student who knows what the Bible has, has said, 
Why should this person think that it is a strange thing for which reason you don't want to have confidence in the wheat anymore? And you turn your back on every wheat. But that's exactly what we do in church most of the time. There is a bad news that goes around. Because of that, everybody says, my hand is discouraged. No, I don't want to get involved in this. You know, and people are just moving away from the one thing that should bless them. My dear friends, listen carefully. If the devil knows that that is the way we will act, then he has got us in a place where we can never win. Because every time God sends a deliverer or somebody who will bail us out of something, the devil will also at the same time raise a false deliverer and use the evil fruit of that deliverer to make us crucify the deliverer who we should rather accept. This is how they kill Jesus. Don't forget it. It's an old tactic. It's nothing new. Because before Jesus came, there was a guy called Judas. They killed him. And because they killed him, it now became easier to kill Jesus. Although when you look at Judas and you look at Jesus, you look at their works as well. And they go say, untashit. There was a big difference between them. Yet, because they have killed that one before, they had the audacity to kill a holy man too. So my dear friends, I just want to encourage you, be careful. Be very careful in an age of social media where a lot of things are circulating. And when you receive things, then you are just posting it. You see, post things that will encourage somebody. Post things that will strengthen somebody. Post things that will make somebody a better person than, than he or she is. And as for the rest, leave it to God. Because you may be posting things that are facts of that time. But do you know that facts change? Truth never changes. So we are here for a breakthrough. And I came to tell you that I had this witness in my spirit that we shall without fail recover all. And so I was bold enough to tell those of you who came to church last week that if you have some faith and you are coming with some faith, you would never go disappointed. That's what I said. And trust me, I've been around not so long, but at least long enough to know that this God that I'm serving is bigger than me, far, far bigger than me. And, And somehow he does certain things that amazes me. I mean, who am I that God should choose to honor the words that I speak? Who am I? But if he has so declared that that is what he will do, also, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have any other decision. So, so I want you to understand, my dear friends, that as for today, the man or the woman who is working in faith is not living here disappointed. Amen. Some burden is being lifted. Amen. Some yoke is being broken. Some challenge that you have experienced since childhood is being taken away. As a matter of fact, let me dare to say that certain habits that have been bedeviling your Christian life and causing you, I mean, discomfort in your work with God, they are going to change. Because you see, God is going to go to the root of that problem. God is going to go to the time when the enemy so programmed your system to cause these kinds of repeated defeat cycles to, 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 to be established in your life. God is going to go to that point and change it. Yeah. 
I mean to say, if it is a traumatic situation that caused the enemy to have the advantage, God is going to shift that trauma from you in the name of Jesus. How many of you know that sometimes somebody uh, 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 will be eating food? If you will just beam for me, uh, what do you call it? Um, Where's my destiny again? If you beam for me uh, first somewhere 30, it will be good. But somebody is eating food that they ate at the time when there was peace, when he or she was young, in the home of his papa or mama, and it was a time that he or she enjoyed himself, that when he now grows up as an adult, and he's having pressure, he's having challenging times, he's having disappointments, he's having frustration, he or she is driven to that food. You know why? Because that food is so food. And so when you eat that food, it, 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 it produces a chemical shift in your body. The so-called feel-good chemical called dopamine is released. And because of that, you see that your stress cools down. But this is the very thing that will cause you to become overweight. You know why? Because the pressure is still there. So you see, the thing that is right there causing that issue, that issue has to be dealt with. You can diet all you want, but you are never, never going to become slim like you want as long as that cycle keeps on repeating. I'm talking some deep things here, and I know I'm talking to some people. If you were abused when you were a child, today, God will deal with that issue. If somebody somehow heavily and seriously maltreated you as a child, that thing, even if you become a Christian, can have consequences. And as uh, Donnie McLaughlin uh, uh, preached one time, he said, you tend to make choices along the areas and the lines where you have been broken. Meaning that if you were sexually molested, it wouldn't take too long before the desire to molest also becomes your portion. And if God doesn't help you, you also become a sexual molester. This is how the cycle of sexual predation goes on. And it takes God to break that cycle. And I came to say that even if it's as extreme as, extreme as that, it shall be broken in the name of Jesus. Just look at this. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Let me say that Ziklag is, means something that is winding. You know? So it's not straight, it's winding. And sometimes your life, when you look at it, it may look like Ziklag. It may look like it is just winding. You don't really see the progress you are making. But you see, some people have problems when Ziklag bends. And they are like, oh, but that's the only thing I knew. Why is it being destroyed? Listen, sometimes God has to bend your Ziklag in order to send you forward. Move on. Verse 2, let's go on. Okay, and are taking the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, neither great nor small, but carried them away and went on their way. You see, they slew not any. How many of you know that when they kill somebody that is a beloved person to you, 
it is almost 100% that you have to say goodbye to the person. I'm saying almost, you see, because there are some people who can get crazy enough and they are not willing to take no. And sometimes when a man cannot take no, God will say yes. So even when death has already occurred, that doesn't mean the case is over. That doesn't mean that heaven has decided. It still remains to be seen whether a man will agree with what he sees or he will hold God by the leg. Verse 3. And so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no power to weep. Hallelujah. Now let me say that as long as you are in the weeping mood, you are not in the mood for solution. Listen, weeping mood means you are self-conscious. It means you are looking at yourself, you are looking at your situation, you are looking at what happened to you, and your question is, is it fair? How can they do that to me? As long as you are in this mood, you will not lift up your your eyes to the solution so that you can have a breakthrough. So, whatever has happened to you, please, don't be looking for the sympathies of men. Sympathy doesn't help you. Sympathy actually puts you in a prison. Because it makes a victim out of you. And a victim is not a victor. And David's two wives were taken captives. Thank you for helping me to preach. Ahinoam the Jezreelites and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. Let's move on. There's something I could have said about this. Uh, let it go. Yeah, let it go. I'm just, uh, anytime. So let me just, I could have said something about the, his choice of wives. But I just want to leave it alone. But let me just say this. If you are in this church, we believe in marrying one woman. No. Let me be clear with that. We believe in marrying only one. Not two. Not three. Not four. No matter how wise you are, the moment you begin to multiply wives, your wisdom will be corrupted and you'll be led astray. And David was greatly distressed. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now the question is, when you are in a situation like this, do you get angry with everybody? Because you see, when there are difficulty, you must understand that the people around you, it is through one of them that God will bring you the solution. So when you get angry with everybody and you think of stoning the people, you may end up stoning the one through whom your breakthrough will come. We are in church and we are supposed to be a people who stand with one another. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is what God enjoins us to do. But if you are in a situation where when you don't have peace, you don't want anybody else to have peace. When things have gone wrong to you, you are looking for somebody to blame. Point fingers at. When you are in that kind of situation, you don't experience breakthrough. Breakthrough means that adversity happens to you and you come out of it. As a matter of fact, breakthrough elevates the man because breakthrough speaks loud about his God. 
And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abiathar brought the effort to David. Praise God, we have an effort nobody has to bring. The effort in this case was symbolic of the Holy Spirit because nobody can receive the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. You see, he's called a Holy Spirit because he's holy. Meaning that when the issue of sin has not been dealt with, nobody can receive the Holy Spirit. So, they had the effort to represent the Holy Spirit. But see, when you are born again, the effort in you, actually, is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can tell you things. The Bible says what? He can show you things to come. You cannot have the Holy Spirit inside you and you learn to live with him. See, many of you, you ignore the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. If you are my friend and uh, you come to stay with me, and every time I don't talk to you. When I'm going out, I don't talk to you. But uh, as I sit on the driver's seat, immediately you're on the passenger seat, walking with me, but I don't talk to you. How would you feel? And how long would you want to stay with me when I treat you that way? So you see, most of us, our problems have persisted for too long because we have not consulted God. We are looking for solutions in the wrong direction. Today, I want to say, look to Jesus because when you look, you will be set free. So, he said, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake and without fail recover all. I announce to you that whatever has been stolen from you, whatever it is that makes you the kind of person who is way, way behind when other people have left you far, 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 far off, that thing is going to break today. And when that thing breaks, God is going to carry you by the wind of the Spirit of God and trust you forward so fast you will overtake those who seemingly has gone ahead of you. And the Bible says, well, you will without fail. Now, without fail, you know, the first time I heard without fail being said so much was when I was a little bit young. Not so young. But in 1979, when Rollins made the school, when they are asking you to report to the nearest, nearest police station, they added the word without fail. You must report without fail. Now, when God says something will happen without fail, it means that if it will fail, it will fail because you didn't believe it. But if you believed it and acted upon it, it is guaranteed like yesterday, which is already passed in your life. Please, uh, okay, good. So here we see the promise. And I want you to notice that this is the promise given. Now, anytime God promises, he's able also to fulfill his promises. God never promised anybody anything that he cannot do. When he says you recover all, it means you recover all. When it means recovering all to the point of recovering one cent out of 10,000 euros, that one cent too will be added to it. How many of you know that when you have 999,000 
and then 99 cents, you still don't have 10,000 euros. Huh. So recover all means recover all. Tell somebody I'm recovering all. Can you turn to another person and say, watch me well. I am overtaking. You may be ahead of me, but watch well. And so, and so I want you to see what happens next. You know, I'm very excited today because, you know, today we are receiving communion. And uh, communion is a means of grace. Just as much as receiving the word of God the way you are doing is a means of grace. How many of you know that? The Bible says what they came to him to hear and be healed. You know, until you hear, you can't be healed. Until you hear, you can't have a breakthrough because God never does anything apart from his word. Listen, my dear friends, if you really want to see a change in your life, you've got to make the word of God your friend. Here and 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 here. Somebody may hear 20 times, but if you have to hear 50 times, so be it. Because the day faith comes, that day everything changes and changes for good. So you see, look at the verse number 11. You see that because God said they should pursue. Okay, can, can we go to verse 11? Shall I overtake them? Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? God said what? Pursue. And then he said, surely you will overtake them. Meaning that no matter how far they are, because you must overtake them, I either give you more speed or I slow them down. So here, this is what I call help, helpful clues. Helpful clues or clues that help you. You see, God knows that we are men. And so because we are men and men are uh, result-oriented, you need to be seeing something to keep on motivating you. So God will not allow you. Listen, if you have been praying for something and you have been praying for the past 30 years, nothing has happened. Check yourself well. You probably are not praying in faith. Because if you are praying in faith, even if that thing doesn't happen, God will give you some clues. Yeah. You begin to have some assurance. Look at this. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and bread, and he did eat, and they make him drink water. Next verse. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and and uh, two clusters of raisins and when he had eaten his spirit came again unto him for he had eaten nothing no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights that's the guy so the moment they were able listen when you are in need or when you are having a challenge and you still have opportunity to help somebody do it they may be your clue and sometimes you never uncover your clue until you take an action. Are you okay with me? Let's move on quickly. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? Whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. And we made an invasion 
And we made an invasion of the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burned what? We burned what? We burned what? Oh, hallelujah! If you were a detective, this is what you needed. Because once you had this, you just knew that you have now evidence. And you see, faith is an evidence. What does the Bible say of faith? Bible said, faith is a substance of the things you hope for, the evidence of the things you don't see. They haven't seen their wives, their children, their flocks, their cattle, but they have seen an evidence. They just know. Also, stick with this. Don't yield your ground. Keep on pushing. Keep on pressing. Because now we are closer to our goal than when we started. Let's move on. So David said to him, Can thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. You know, your servant was sick. And instead of taking the care of the servant, they left him. Anybody would have said, okay, in those days, you know, even when it's a human being, it's your property. If he's sick and he cannot go, let him die the death. But you see, that's the one thing they forgot about. Do you understand what I'm saying? God will always make your enemy make mistakes. If you believe God, your enemies will never have the upper hand over you. Because God will always be on your case. So much so that they will falter. They will stumble. They will fall. And you will have your last laugh. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil that they have taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Hallelujah. So you see, the man who brought him to them, he hadn't eaten or drunk for three days. Even if he was sick, had they left him with some water to drink and some food to eat, so that when he was beginning to feel a little bit better, he could have eaten and drank. Do you know that the man actually was not dying from the sickness? He was dying of hunger and thirst. And you see, one thing I want believers to to know is that we as believers, we have been forever destroyed when it comes to evil and wrongdoing. If you do wrong, it will not yield the benefits it used to yield to you when you are an unbeliever. Rather, when you do the wrong, somehow the wrong will become a personality, follow after you, and cause you to be discovered. The scripture said, and when you sin, behold, or, or, or just get it clear that your sin will find you out. If I were you, any time I recognize that there is sin in my life, I will repent and repent. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Quickly, I will repent quickly. Because when you repent, you deny the enemy the opportunity to find an open door in your life. Today, in case as I speak, the Spirit of God is convicting you of something, repent. 
Repentance simply means you change your mind. Lord, I was wrong. It shall fast come out. It shall miss about. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Remember what Jesus did. And because of that, let the blood of Jesus wash me. Once you say that, it completely disarms the enemy. It completely stops every hand of the avenger to come and destroy you. But in any case, this guy, he made the mistake of not knowing that his sin will find him out. It is a sin of abandoning a servant who has served him, risked his life to serve him, that he abandoned. It is that sin that found him out. If you have been ungrateful to somebody, please think again. Call them, send a text, correct yourself. If somebody somehow has spoken ill about somebody to you, and because of what they said, it has affected your relationship. You don't want to relate well to them anymore. Please think again. Some people can speak bad about other people because they are jealous of their relationship. Think about that. So, and while he had, uh, and David smote them from the twilight, uh, even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save for 400 men, which rode upon camels and fled. I want you to look at verse 18. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Can you add verse 19? And there was nothing lacking to them. Hello? There was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil or anything that they had taken to them. David did what? You shall recover all. In the name of Jesus, you shall recover all. For those of you, what you need to recover perhaps is lost time. But you shall recover all. Because God is able to make fresh time, new time abound to you. Therefore, you shall recover all. If a man was 100 years old and he could have a child, God can make you recover your strength. If a woman was 90 years old, she stopped, excuse me, excuse me, uh, her cycle for well over, how many years would it be? Over 45 years. And yet, God was able to make her to have a child. Trust me, you can recover all. Your case is not so serious. Your case is not so big. Really, you don't need to take weapons to go to war. When you get on your knees, you will be like the man fighting with sword and spear and arrow. You will recover all in the name of Jesus. And so, and so I came to tell you, my dear friends, that there are a couple of things that cause us to falter. Remember, these people, when they got to the brook Beso, that is, is it verse 13? No, verse 10. Verse 10. When they got to the brook Beso, but David pursued he and 400, for 200 abode, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Beso. 
Listen, the brook vessel, you know what this vessel means? I check it out, and it means cheerfulness. When you are in a situation where things are tight, the devil expects you to cry. When you are in a situation where it seems like the whole world is against you, the devil expects you to have this rotor uh, or the blower list. And the alarm is all over the place. SOS. Everybody must come. And you call a pity party. That's what the devil, anytime you call a pity party, the devil rejoices because he's got you where he wants. But listen, in the midst of the failures, God puts certain things to remind you of the direction to take. Now, these people, they did not understand that Bessel means it is time to take our stock and remember there have been times God has helped us. So that we look to those times where God has helped us, where it worked out well, where things which were almost impossible, we came out of it, it was working good, and out of that, you gather strength. Listen, what you think is connected to your life. What you think is connected to your life, either positively or negatively. Don't just, listen, the bad thing when you lose, most of the time you lose it in your thought. And where your thoughts can't go, your body cannot go. So you see, the brook basso, it means the brook of cheerfulness. Now, if it is cheerfulness, one could as well say of joy. But let me try to explain. Cheerfulness have got two kinds. Because you see, the Bible said many times, Jesus would say, be of good cheer. Meaning that there's a cheer that is bad. When somebody is in, on the Ogoglo and he has really, really done the Ogoglo well, well, they get into a good mood. And they are very happy. And even though they may fall into the gutter, it doesn't matter. They'll get up and they'll still move. They are happy. They have a very good mood. I go, can you slash the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, can you slash the laune? They have a good mood. And they'll move like that. But that one is not good cheer. That one is bad because it doesn't bring results. But there is a cheer that brings results. It is the cheer we get when we consider how gracious God has been to us, how he has shown us mercy, how he has pulled us out of things. Listen, the fact that you are still alive is a reason to know that you are counted as a victor. So the brook vessel should speak to them. And you know what? Because they were not ready to sit and think about what has happened and how God has helped them to this point, they didn't have any strength anymore to go on. Nehemiah chapter 8, the verse number 10, it says, what well, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know that the scientists have proved that actually joy does something to your body? Do you know that uh, somebody uh, 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 somebody uh, founded uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Gesund Heights Institute. It's called Dr. Adam in the U.S. And do you know what they do? When you are having cancer or any of these terminal diseases, his therapy was laughter. Because this body, God created this body. He knows how this body should function. He knows how certain things are released in the body that forces sickness to submit and healing to take place. God knows how. So you see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
when you are in a difficult situation, when things look bad, don't be looking at the bad things. Look back to the past because you can never, never, even if you seem to have forgotten. Listen, there is no such thing as forgetfulness with men. It may be that you don't have the key to go to the smasher out to retrieve the thing, but it's there. And if you trust God, God will open the doors you will remember. And you begin to see how good as God has been given to you. And you know what? Because of that, you will encourage yourself in the Lord. Do you know that these 200 people, had they taken the time to recognize that the brook vessel is saying, now begin to rejoice because the God who delivered you from the bear, the God who delivered you from the lion, this God is still with you. He will deliver you from your Goliath. They would have had strength to go on. But they stopped. Now the issue is, supposing the others too had looked at them and stopped, where will they be? Listen, don't look at anybody. When it's time to pray, don't look at anybody. Something may be pricking somebody, but it's not pricking them the way it's pricking you. They may just be standing on that thing. So if they move their feet, they are okay. But after you, that thing may be in your soup. So there's nothing you can do except to make sure you get rid of it. So don't look at people when it comes to looking for a breakthrough, looking for a miracle, looking for God to change something in your life. May the spirit of God come upon you today. And may the fire that came from heaven settle upon 120 believing men and women, cause them to speak in tongues, and stir them up to have the ability to turn their world right side up, may that spirit come upon you and may every impossibility turn around to become possible in Jesus' name. Shall we be on our feet? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org you can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.